Welcome back to another edition of Full Tank with Phil, the first ever podcast that talks about gambling on NASCAR. I can't believe it. The end of the 2019 season is on the horizon. There are a bunch of teams just trying to get through the weekend so they can start their offseason. But we've got four teams who are not going to sleep a wink between now and Sunday afternoon in Miami. It's going to be difficult. We're going to talk about those four teams. But first, we're going to, just to give you a quick recap of the episode, we will talk briefly about last week. How did it go? And how did we get to where we are now? So we, we got to talk about Phoenix and give a quick recap of that. But then, of course, I mean, this is our championship episode. This is the end of the season. So we're going to preview Homestead Miami and talk about our picks. I mean, Going to have to you know, lay my name on at least one of these guys. And, and as usual, we'll talk about winners. We'll talk about the odds. And a uh, little, little special for the championship, because this is championship weekend. All right, I'm going to dip into a little bit of uh, the trucks and the Xfinity series as well. So we're, we'll pick winners of those championships. Then, of course, we have to talk about some head-to-head matchups. I've got a couple of them picked out, ready to go. I've... I've Got some winners ready for this weekend, so we'll talk about head-to-head matchups. There's a bunch of them already out there right now on the book, so we will touch on that. And then we'll end it with some prop bets. Um, Thinking of this more as the the Super Bowl, you know, the the end-of-the-year race, and I'm going to throw out some, some random prop bets that I wish were available. Just like in the Super Bowl, you can get pretty much any prop you want. We'll talk about that in the Phil's Fired Up section to end the podcast. But before we move on, let's take a quick look back at Phoenix because it was extremely eventful. We are red hot. We wanted to stay hot in the desert, and we certainly did. We picked Denny Hamlin. We got him at great value. Another example of why getting your bets in early if you have the right guy, can pay off because we took Denny Hamlin last week on this podcast. He was one of the guys that we said we really liked. Uh, it was either him or Chase, pretty much. And if you you know listen to this podcast, you've been cleaning up all year. If if you have been, but got him at plus five fifty. He actually was going off on race day at plus two thirty. So clearly a heavy favorite. He was, in fact, the favorite on Sunday last week. So Hamlin cashes his ticket into the championship by way of winning that Phoenix race. It was a great thing to see. It's true, you know, truly great when you get to see someone really mix it up. I enjoyed it when he took over the lead and you were able to see how much that shook up the playoff picture because when Logano was winning... You know, it really wasn't that dramatic. It was the four guys who were in the top four spots that were just up there, and he was 
18 points back. But once the 11 took the lead, you saw that Kyle Busch and the 22 of Logano were basically one point off, and they battled the rest of the time. No one could touch Hamlin when he got out front. And obviously when they had that restart at the end, it got exciting because our boy Blaney was up there towards the end. It made it three wide on one of those last restarts, but he just didn't have enough. So Hamlin cashes the ticket for any fill tank with Phil listeners, myself included. And that was great to see. Heard a little bit of uh, some scuttlebutt this week, though, about how there was a potential that Kyle actually let Hamlin win to, to get him into the championship. And I just want to say that from a gambler's perspective, I think that is garbage. Um, there's no chance that a competitive person like Kyle Busch would ever let somebody else win the race. And if it did come out, I mean, obviously, for those of you who might not know, they're on the same team, so they're trying to get you know more of the same uh, Gibbs drivers into the championship race. It's better for the team overall. But if that did come out to be the case, that that was something that was ordered down, as a gambler, I am furious if I bet on Kyle Busch uh, because that's just garbage. I mean, there's no way that can be true. I think it's just a lot of, you know, bitter Logano fans that might be saying that. And there might be some scared Kyle Busch fans saying that out there. I've heard it on the radio and on the Internet this week. So, it, you know, more than just one lunatic saying it. Um, if you're a Kyle Busch fan, you might be a little nervous that that might come back and bite you this coming week. We'll see. But. I overall, I, I would want to, you know, put that to bed. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. And if it does come out, and I had a Kyle Busch ticket uh, from Phoenix, I'm going to want to cause some sort of protest and get my money back because that just can't be true. Some other notes from Phoenix. You know, obviously we had the winner plus five fifty, nice little ticket there, but we went two and two in our head-to-head matchups. Not bad. Cousin Greg Locke of the week actually was a parlay. Got a little overzealous, maybe, because he went one for one in his parlay. If he just stuck with his original, you know, one head-to-head matchup, he may have stayed uh, red hot, kept the streak alive, but he went for it. You know what I mean? There was only two races left at that point. You got to give him credit. He tried to make a little parlay action, and it didn't work out for him, but he still picked at least one winner right, so there's something to be said there. And we might get a little visit from cousin greg in just a little bit then the last thing from phoenix that i'd touch on is our top 10 picks we had kurt bush at plus 150 to finish in the top 10 he was on fire for us cashing in left and right he finishes 11th a little bit of a shot there to the chest but we were bailed out by a bet on clint boyer plus 350 we talked about it last week and he came through for us finished i think eighth and we cash that ticket. So still remaining on the positive side. I mean, when you can cash the winner, that's always good. Two and two on the head-to-heads. We're, you know, keeping right even there. And then uh, came out on top with the top ten picks as well. So at this point, life is very good. And we're now looking ahead. We're putting Phoenix in the rear view officially, putting it to bed. We did well there. Thank you, Phoenix. But now it's time to look at the final race of the year. I mean, this is going to be brutal not having races to cash your tickets in because we've been cleaning up this season. So we got one left and we got to make it a dandy. So Homestead Miami Speedway, that's where we're going next. 
But before we get into the individual drivers and making, you know, essentially the picks for the championship, I want to get into some of the track notes like we usually do. And then also just some notes about the championship. I'm trying to find some trends, trying to dig into the stats a little bit as much as I possibly can before making some picks. It's just good to be aware of some of these things heading into it. So we've got 20 races here in the past once a year. This is not a racetrack that has had multiple races in a year and then had it taken back from them. It's just been one race every single year since about 1999, I believe. So 20 races, twice the winner has started on the pole and won the race. But the last time that has happened was 2002. So it happened twice in the first three races here. But then since 2002, and that, by the way, that was Kurt Busch that did it. Uh, we haven't had a winner start on the pole, which is very interesting. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Starting outside the top 20, we've had two people win as well. So for the most part, it's coming right in that you know 1 to 20 spot. Winners coming from the top 5, it's happened 12 times, 60% of the time here. And then winners starting in the top 10, 14 times, 70% of the time. So you're going to want your picks to be coming pretty much from the top 10 after qualifying. Uh, that's where you know the sweet spot is, I would say. Uh, nothing abnormal from the, the typical mile and a half. So this is the same type of numbers that we've seen throughout the season when we're looking at racetracks similar to this. So, you know, nothing that really opened my eyes a little bit looking at those trends. Um, but just some notes about the, the, especially since we've been doing this format of, you know, whittling down from 16 drivers all the way to four, something that's clearly well known is the fact that we've never had a non-playoff driver win this race, which is a very interesting thing to think about. It's a weird dynamic out there on the track. Clearly, these non-playoff drivers do not want to get in the way of these four guys racing for the title. So they tend to really move out of the way. So it makes it tough for these guys to really compete for the win against drivers who are going for the entire championship because they don't want to run the risk of being that guy who ruins a man's career pretty much. So we tend to see a little bit easier racing coming from the non-playoff guys. I mean, look at last week at Phoenix, actually, if I could. The top six finishers all were in the playoffs. So it really, I got the sense watching the race, I was really thinking to myself, wow, these non-playoff guys are, are not competing at all. I know we talked about that in the winner's section last week. Who were some guys that could disrupt the playoff guys? Uh, will we have a, a non-playoff driver win this year? And I think if it was going to happen, it would have been last week. And really, no one was trying to compete that hard against these guys who were, who were going all out. So looking at the race last year for the championship, the top four drivers or the championship four, they finished one through four. Now, that's not typical. Um, looking at this, it's been here five times in this format, and that's the only time it's been like that. But there's still something to consider there. I mean, will a non-playoff driver actually put his self on the line, running the risk of kind of ruining somebody's season and, and ultimately a, a career, trying to win a meaningless race for them 
really just comes down to, to pride and money. So I think we're really going to get more of the same that we've had in the past where these non-guys, non-playoff guys are going to race a little bit easier. I would not expect to see a non-playoff guy do it, but I would love to see a bet. You know, that's really what I'm leading up to here. We talked about it a little bit before. What would be the odds against uh, playoff drivers versus non-playoff drivers winning this race? I would say, even though there's only four guys on the track, I would say that the odds would still be in favor of the championship four drivers. I mean, I would say it's probably like minus 200 compared to maybe plus 175 a non-playoff guy wins it. I, I, you know, maybe even more spread apart, but got to have those. Maybe we'll talk about that in the prop section. Something else that I wanted to touch on, it has to do with starting position. I mean, I just went through the stats there, but when it comes to the championship four, we've only had one champion in this format start outside of the top five, and that was Jimmy Johnson. He actually started 14th in that race and won the championship by only leading three laps in that entire race. So that was the year that everyone was saying, oh, well, even this format's not Jimmy proof. Um, Well, you know, that was an outlier, I would say, to have someone start that far back in the pack and actually win the championship. Um, I doubt that we'll see that again this year. So as you're watching qualifying unfold, you know, you're going to want to hope that the guys that you did bet on are really starting in the top five. Uh, that's really what you're looking for. But we mentioned starting on the pole has not happened in a very, very long time. And an interesting fact that I found was not one single championship board driver since this format has taken place has won the pole, which is weird. So if you bet on a guy before qualifying, do you really want them to win the poll? Because maybe it's a jinx. Because clearly, no one is able to get it done from the poll. Non-playoff driver, playoff driver, whatever the case may be. I think you want your guy to be starting like two to maybe sixth if you're going to bet beforehand. So let's talk about the odds a little bit and, and actually putting the bets in. When you go and, and place your bets this weekend, you're going to have a decision to make. Because you have two options. One is to bet on NASCAR futures. Who's going to win the championship? All four of these guys are going off at plus 250 right now. Nobody is a favorite in that category at the moment. They're all the same, plus 250. But if you want better odds, you could actually bet on the same driver that you like to win to win the race. And those odds right now are going off at plus 325. So, It's a decision, you know. I think if you're like me and you think that the driver who's going to win the championship is going to have to win the race, then there's no point for you to put money on one of these guys to win the championship at 250 when you could get better odds betting on the race winner at plus 325. It's just silly to do that. Now, maybe you want to just kind of like spread it out a little bit, Um, maybe bet on a non championship driver to win the race and then take a guy to you know win the championship that's fine but I think for my money the the best way to do this is just forget about the you know NASCAR futures bet to win the championship just bet on the race winner because I think that's who is going to win the championship anyway and you get better odds doing it 
So when you're looking at who to take, right, that's probably why you're listening. Who is the best guy to take to win the championship in 2019, to win this race at Homestead Miami Speedway? That's why we're here. Let's talk about it. So I'd, I'd like to you know, have full disclosure here. I'm actually in a phenomenal spot. And so are you if you were someone who listened to my championship four selections back in August when there was an off week and I threw together my favorite episodes where we picked some championship four picks and then chose a winner and then also talked about how Phil can save NASCAR. That was a, a good episode. And if you were like me and you took advantage of it at that moment in time, that means that you put money down on Denny Hamlin to win the championship at plus 800. So much better odds than you're getting today. And I did. So I'm feeling pretty good about that bet. I was through the moon last week when he cashed his ticket and made it into Homestead because it kept that future bet alive for me. So let's do a quick preview of Denny Hamlin and, and why he's a decent choice. I'm obviously all in on the 11th car. I was in on him back in August. I put my money where my mouth was, and now I'm sitting here with a chance to really cash a good ticket. But if you're someone who's trying to get into the, the bandwagon late, I'll tell you why I'm feeling confident and why you should be too. He's the only active driver with more than one win here at Homestead. He's got two of them. The problem is they've both come before this championship format started. So it's kind of a you know a kick in the pants there. He's got two wins, two top fives, seven top tens in his last ten races here, and you know like I said, most wins of all active drivers too. His average finish, he's fourth overall with average finish in his last ten races. His average finish is nine point six, so within the top ten all time here. His average finish is ten point six. So what that tells me is he's clearly learning. He's getting better. That's why his average finish has improved. That's like that pretty much across the board here. So he's a solid driver. He knows how to get it done. He's never really had to do it in this moment or, or done it in this moment. He's the only guy in this championship four group that has not won a title. But I think that actually is in his favor, as we'll talk about in a second. But going back to his stats here, he's second in laps led at homestead which is impressive this isn't the last 10 races but the thing is he's second by one lap one lap off from being the lap leader here in the last 10 races that's impressive so one would think maybe well you know it's tough to do win back-to-back -back races i've been fading the the previous week's winner all year it's been working out for me i've been very vocal about it but I went and dug up some stats to try to see, you know, is that possible? Has someone won the championship in this format after winning Phoenix to, to get into this championship four? And it has been done. It's been done by Kevin Harvick the first year this format existed back in 2014. So there is some precedence there for Hamlin to do what is cut out in front of him now to take care of. There has never been a repeat winner in this format. So since they've started the championship, crowning their champion this way, we haven't had someone do it twice, which is why I said a second ago, 
maybe it's a good thing that Hamlin is the only guy in this group that has not won before, because if that pattern continues, he's the only option there. And that was one of the main things that I talked about before when I made this bet back in August. So not to mention the momentum he has. I mean, the other guys have been locked in with the exception of the 18, but Harvick and Truex, they've, they've been in and you see it all the time in other sports where, you know, maybe you got a team that's got a bye week or maybe they wrap up a playoff series early and they're waiting on who they're going to play. They come out a little flat and there's always that possibility. You have Harvick and Truex who've just been working on their machines for the last few weeks for Homestead. Meanwhile, the 11 team is so fired up on adrenaline right now that everything is just clicking and the whole team, it's all never, they never even have a chance to, to have a downswing. So I like that clearly it, you know, it worked for Harvick in 2014. Why not now for Hamlin? It just seems like his time. I mean, if we're talking kind of outside of the gambling perspective, it just seems like Denny Hamlin has this coming to him. I mean, I can remember this time last year, they were actually thinking about maybe him not being in the 11 after this season. And he won the, the Daytona 500, and that kind of shut some people up. But, you know, we were talking Christopher Bell might be taking his spot. Now we're sitting here saying he's had one of the best seasons of his career. Why can't he win a championship? That's that's something that I'm kind of rooting for for him. Uh, as a driver, I'd like to see it. But as someone who's got money on him, obviously I'd like to see it too. So I'm in a, in a good spot, like I said. Hopefully you're like me. You're, you're sitting pretty with that bet. But now, if I'm putting this race in a silo, I want to take somebody else, right? That, the, that money is already spent, all right? I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm looking at this now. Look at these other three guys. I got to pick one of them. It's not like previous weeks where, you know, you can look at the different odds and, and who has the better um, – odds compared to their stats at a racetrack because they're all the same odds they're all going off at plus 325 to win the race so i gotta pick one and my guy if i'm if i'm choosing one i'm going with kevin harvick i'm going with the four car one win here seven top fives ten top tens in his last 10 races he owns this racetrack as far as average finish is concerned kevin harvick is head and shoulders above the rest of the field all time he's his average finish is 6.0 and in his last 10 races his average finish is 4.5 do you believe that i mean that's just hard to comprehend he won in this format back in 2014 like i mentioned when we were talking about hamlin so he is just dominant here and he is the lap leader at homestead miami speedway so he's the one who has that one lap lead in the last 10 races um, as far as most laps led at this racetrack he's just that dude here he's second in driver rating and he's the the best in driver rating out of the championship four drivers kyle larson has the best driver rating here that's why you know, during the season, you always hear, oh, well, if Larson can get to Homestead, he'll have a great chance of winning. I feel like we hear that every year. Um, his driver rating is very good, but Harvick's is right behind him. I mean, Larson, the one that everybody, you know, 
goes on and on and on about how he's so great at Homestead. Larson's driver rating is 108.7. Harvick's is 108.2. So, I mean, take that. Harvick is the guy to bet on this weekend to win the championship. In his last five races, this is how he finished. So this is since this championship format has been in place. Harvick's finishes at Homestead third, fourth, third, second, first. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. He has been in the championship for four of the last five times, so or four of the only five times they've done it. He's very good on mile-and-a-half racetracks this year. Obviously, he's coming off of the win at Texas, another mile-and-a-half cookie-cutter racetrack. I went back and I did some digging about mile-and-a-half racetracks this season and where these guys finished because I wanted to see if anybody had a distinct advantage. And it really turns out that Truex and Harvick kind of jump off the page to me compared to the other two. Truex, his average finish at all of the mile and a half this season, 7.5 average finish. Harvick's 7.9. So really 1-2 compared to Kyle Busch, who was 9.6, and Hamlin was further down um, with an 11.0 average finish at mile and a half track. So point being... Harvick is good here, and this season, he's been good on mile-and-a-halves. So that is enough for me to put my name on Kevin Harvick and the four-team to win this race and to win this championship. And if that wasn't enough, just a little sign from God here. Today, not making this up, today, the day that I'm recording this, earlier in this day, I had Jimmy John's for lunch by chance. I didn't choose it. It was brought in, office catering, Jimmy John's, out of nowhere. It was like God was hitting me over the head with something saying, dude, Kevin Harvick. Who's who's sponsored by Jimmy John's? Oh, that's right, Kevin Harvick, freaky fast. You got to go for him. I love it. Just too much hitting me over the head right now with Kevin Harvick. His stats at the track. Stats this season, the fact that he has had some time to prepare. Jimmy Johns, it's just all showing up for me to bet on him. So you better believe that I'd be silly not to do it because I'd be kicking myself if he did win and I didn't have any money on him. So mark me down 325 plus 325, the four team. I'd like to touch on the other couple guys for, for just a second here. I mean, obviously all four of these guys are phenomenal at this racetrack we talked about driver rating other than larson who we said was number one the next four guys on that list are the four guys in the championship four so that's that's very strange i mean the championship four could have had anybody in it but it just so happens to have the guys who are two through five in driver rating at this racetrack so that tells you that it's going to be a very entertaining race overall bush he's got one win four top fives seven top tens i've been The reason I'm not choosing Kyle Busch is because I've been doing so well fading him all year. He hasn't won since Pocono in June. I've been betting against him all year, so I don't know why I would stop doing that now. It does have a little bit of the narrative out there that, oh, well, Kyle Busch, he's so down in the dumps, and he hasn't won in forever, and there's all these rumors around his personal life, and blah, 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 blah. Then he goes out and wins a championship, and all is great in the world in his life. Um, It does kind of feel like that could happen, 
but it's not enough for me to to stop fading him. I'm going to to bet against him, and um, you should too. Now, the other guy that's out there racing this weekend for a title is the 19 team Martin Truex Jr. I'm not taking Truex this weekend, but I do know somebody who is, and that is everybody's favorite cousin Greg had something to say about Truex in terms of his championship pick and also his lock of the week in his head-to-head section. Let's start off by saying that I am just blown away by these power four. And obviously, by power four, I mean KB, Harvick, Truex, and Hamlin. These guys are just so dominant. It blows them just, like I said, I'm blown away. So coming up with the lock of the week this week, you got to go with one of the guys who are racing for the, the title. You can't go anyone else. And if I had to pick one driver for the next five races at Miami Homestead, it would be Kevin Harvick. The guy runs all the stats. He's the king at this place. But that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about one shot for the title. Everything's left out there. And in my gut, I have to go with one guy. So the Cousin Greg lack of the week is going to be Martin Truex. And we're going to take Martin Truex straight up and then over Kyle Busch. When I think about Truex, I just, that, in my gut, I think he's just got the balls and he can just have his way with anyone. Uh, He finished first there two years ago and second place last year. The guy is on fire this year and is on fire at this track over the last three or four years. So... This is a lock. If the parlay would let me put them both in, him to win overall and him to take over anyone, I'd bet the mortgage on it. So there you have it. It's the year's final Cousin Greg lock of the week. And he threw a little hezzy hay on us there. He was he was talking up Harvick for a quick second, but then paused and said, if you're looking for just one shot, one guy, Truex is your man. He's taking Truex to win outright which is rare. We have not seen that yet in the Cousin Greg Lock of the Week. And then he's saying he wants to take Truex beating Kyle Busch as his head-to-head matchup in his Lock of the Week as well. So those are his picks. He had some good reasonings there. And going back to you know Truex's stats, one win, four top fives, six top tens, he is the best out of all these guys this season on mile-and-a-half racetracks. It's a good pick. I mean, I was kind of forcing myself to choose just one guy, and uh, I went with Harvick for the stats. The thing I like about Greg and his pick this week is you can tell he's a gambler because he's saying, well, here are all these stats, and this is what's laying out, and this is what the numbers are telling me, and you know what? Screw that. I'm going with my gut. My gut tells me Truex, and I got to love that, and it's, it's kind of making me want to switch sides over to Truex because if your gut's telling you something and you're a gambler and you, you throw money left and right, the gut is what you got to lead with most of the time, and that's what he's doing in this week's lock, so you got to respect it. Another side note, we talked earlier about how you know Jimmy John's kind of divine intervention there a little bit for me. I kid you not. Right before Greg 
dropped this line to me about how he wanted Truex. I'm watching, you know, living in the Philadelphia area, watching the Flyers game. And during the Flyers broadcast, they did a quick spot talking all about Martin Truex. They were promoting the, the Homestead race, and it was all about Truex. And then literally a minute later, Greg says he's taking Truex. So maybe a little divine intervention there as well for him. One of us has to be right, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. But those are his picks, Truex to win and Truex over Kyle Busch in a head-to-head matchup. So that's kind of the breakdown we have this week for the championship four drivers. I'm taking Kevin Harvick. Cousin Greg likes Truex, and I've got the the Denny Hamlin future bet plus 800, so I'm sitting pretty there. So a lot going on. Now, you may be asking yourself, Phil, what if one of these non-playoff drivers wins a race? Who do you think that might be? I don't want to spend too much time talking about it just because I don't think it's going to happen. But if somebody were to spoil the party, I'd have to go with the 22 car, Joey Logano, He's going off right now at plus 1,400. You may be able to get him better on race day. He's got one win, three top fives, five top tens in the last 10 races here. He has, I mean, obviously he won the race last year, so he's got history on his side there, recency bias. But in addition to that, he, he's finished in the top 10 four straight years, which is impressive. So you may even want to keep your ear to the ground for you know, the, the top 10 odds for the 22, but I watched his interview after the race last weekend, obviously very dejected. And I think he did a, you know, speaking in his, you know, stupid frog voice, he did a pretty good job kind of saying, Hey, this doesn't change anything. Our goal was to always win Homestead. And I kind of believed him. Um, I would bet that they had a car that is race winning worthy and i would think that he's someone you know he doesn't want to give up his throne his crown uh very easily so i could see him being the first guy to be a non-championship driver winning the race making it so that the the champion is crowned as someone who is not winning the race for the first time in history. So mark me down for Logano. If you're going to make me choose someone who's uh, not in the championship four, to spoil the party, plus 1,400 in the 22 car. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing, boys! So like we said, we'll get to our head-to-head section in just a second, but I'm actually more fired up because for the first time on this podcast, I want to talk about the other series in trucks and Xfinity because it's championship weekend for everybody, folks. And this is the big weekend, the the creme de la creme. This is the the finale. So I want to keep picking winners because I got a couple for you. Now, I'm going to start with trucks. And full disclosure, I'm much more into the truck series than I am in Xfinity. If I could just do a, a PSA for one second, I'd have to say that the truck series is arguably the most entertaining series of the three. I have enjoyed this season so thoroughly when it comes to the the truck races. Anytime I, you know, flip on and I realize, oh my gosh, there's a truck race right now. I toss it on and I never am disappointed. It feels like even if it's kind of a historically boring racetrack, I still feel like these guys put on a show. And if you are not a fan 
of the trucks or, or really haven't given them a shot recently, please watch them this week because I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. The, the best part about it is I feel like this championship four for the trucks, as someone who is a fan of this series, you really can't get much better. So you have the defending champion in Brett Moffitt. You've got the watermelon man, Ross Chastain. Interesting story there. Stuart Friesen and Matt Crafton. So you've got the grizzled vet in Matt Crafton, past champion. He's won a, a couple championships. Um, Stuart Friesen, Canadian guy. He, he you know, typically supposed to be dominant. He didn't quite have the start to the season he was looking for, but he ended up turning it around. He, he got a win at one of the road courses, and then he won last week at Phoenix to punch his ticket in. All season, you had Grant Enfinger driving the 98 car, who dominated the point standings all season long. He got squeezed out of the championship four, so that's crazy. That tells you how jam-packed the top of this series is with good race car drivers. Ross Chastain, that what I said about him a second ago, he was someone who was actually racing full-time or, or for points in the Xfinity series. And then halfway through this season said, you know what, my hand's up here. I'm done with this. I'm racing for a championship in the trucks because I have a better shot, it feels like. And he's damn right. He's currently going off as the favorite right now to win the championship. So very entertaining. My pick for this race this weekend is Brett Moffitt. Every single time that I see the trucks are available on my sports book, I look for Brett Moffitt. He has won me so much money over the course of the year, it's not even funny. I typically, at the beginning of the year, I was looking for my my old book used to give me head-to-head matchups with the trucks, and I used to try to go with Moffitt versus Friesen. I had that matchup all year long, and I was cashing in left and right, left and right. And looking at the stats here, Moffitt's got four wins on the year. Now, when it comes to mile-and-a-half racetracks, Kyle Busch, in the beginning of the season, basically dominated anytime he was racing in the trucks. That's the other thing. These guys have to deal with you know, guys like that coming down and battling them. So out of all of the mile-and-a-halves that were not won by Kyle Busch, he, Brett Moffitt, won one of those racetracks. There were three altogether. And one that he didn't win was Kentucky. Tyler Ankrum won that race, but Moffitt led 35 laps. Ankrum led 40. So it was you know very close. He was up front most of the race. He was someone who was in position to win and just got a bad, bad draw at the end of that race. So it could have been more. The point being... He's good on mile-and-a-halves. He's been dominant so far this year. And if that's not enough for you to throw some money on Brett Moffitt this weekend, he's the only guy in the championship for to ever win a race at Homestead Miami Speedway. It was last year. He was in a different car. He was in the 16 car last year. Now he's driving the, the 24. So to me, it almost feels like he's a new man. You know, you're somebody who doesn't want to bet on back-to-back winners uh, to win the championship. Well, Put that out of your mind. It's a new car. Driving the 24. Brett Moffitt has been my guy all year. He's going to be my guy this weekend. Mark me down. He's going off right now as the second favorite. He's going off at plus 325. Looking at the odds for the rest of them. Chastain's going off as the favorite plus 240. Friesen 
and Crafton are both going off at plus 450. So mark it down. Get your bets in as soon as you can because I would bet that come race day for the trucks, those numbers are going to go down a little bit and you're not going to get them at that value. Moffitt's the man. Take it to the bank. I'm all in on Brett Moffitt going back to back. Now let's take a look at Xfinity and you have to know I'm not really into the Xfinity series. I, I, For some reason, I love the trucks. Obviously, I love Cup. But Xfinity is the, the series that I'm kind of just, eh. But I did a little digging, and I want to be able to pick winners for all three of these championship races this weekend. So my pick, it may seem like I'm going chalk on this one. You know, I, I technically am. He's going off at plus 175. It's Christopher Bell. This season, he has been that dude. Eight wins, two of them on mile-and-a-half racetracks. He's going up against Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, and Justin Allgaier. I'm throwing Allgaier out the window. I mean, I feel like he kind of snuck in. Custer, Bell, and Riddick are all the guys that have been up front dominating this series all year long. So to me, it's a toss-up between those three. I could see either of those three winning this race and winning the championship. But give me Christopher Bell because I feel like... This is one of those cases where you're like, oh, well, I don't want to bet chalk. It's too good to be true. And it actually does come true. I mean, it's one of those things. The other thing is looking at back at past winners of the championship in Xfinity, when you've got guys who are going to be moving up the next year or, you know, the, the rumor is there or maybe they've already signed in some cases that they're going to be racing in cup the, the next year. Those guys have gone out and won championships. Those are names like Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, William Byron, Chris Buescher. Add Christopher Bell onto that list. As we know, he's going to be driving the 95 next year. He's got that comfort off of his shoulders. He, you know, he is someone that will fill those shoes, and you're going to look back at that list and say, you know, he fits right in. So mark me down for Christopher Bell. Now. Just to recap my picks, I'm going with Harvick to win the Cup Championship, Christopher Bell to win the Xfinity Championship, and Brett Moffitt to win the Truck Series. I love it. I tried already today to put those three in a parlay. It would have gave me like $5 to win $350. It would have been great. But for some reason at the moment, it's not letting me. You better believe I'll be on the phone with customer service trying to make that happen. But if your book lets you do it, put it in. Combine the three, make it even more fun for you, but definitely throw some cash in on all three races because they are going to be very entertaining this weekend. Bets to win the race. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. So let's get to the head-to-head matchup section and and the top 10 section. I'll start with the driver. I only got one of them this week because most of this time has been spent towards picking the winner of this championship, talking about the guys who are going to be up front. But finishing the top 10, I got a kind of an outlier pick, and I think you're going to be able to get good value on them. It's Austin Dillon. Okay, now hear me out, because if you have the stat sheet up in front of you, you're saying to yourself, Phil, you're a moron. Austin Dillon has never finished in the top 10 at Homestead Miami Speedway. But I like it. Okay, I feel like he's due. I feel like he does better when the the lights are not shining on him directly. Uh, His average finish is 14.6 at Homestead. That's good enough for 10th best 
and all active drivers. That was surprising to me. It kind of jumped off the page that he was, you know, higher up on the list of drivers in terms of active finishes, but yet he's never had one. So to me, feels like he's due. Not spending too much time thinking about it. I, I'm really just saying, you know what, mark me down for it. He's had a rough year, but I feel like that three team has the ability to end the season on a high note and take it into the offseason and try to prepare for Daytona where you know they're good. The other thing about taking somebody like Austin Dillon is in a weekend where you're really not getting great odds on the guys that you're putting money down on, he is someone that you might be able to get at a very good value. Maybe, you know, to finish in the top 10, he might be around plus 600 or so, which would be great to see that. So throw it in, forget about it, and then afterwards you're going to check your account and say, hey, what's this little uh, piece of pie here waiting for me? Oh, it's Austin Dillon finishing in the top 10. Thanks, Phil. So now we'll talk about some head-to-head matchups, and the first one that I had written down was actually one that Cousin Greg had as his lock of the week, Truex over Kyle Busch. So these are two guys who I'm not betting money on to win the race this weekend. I don't have money on them, but I want to do something with these two. And Truex has been winning me some money in this matchup. He's 19 and 15 versus Kyle Busch on the season. And if you remember mid-August or so, this was really, you know, kind of a tit-for-tat matchup. It would One of them would win one, the other would come right back, and it was pretty even for most of the year. And then towards the end here, Truex has really kind of taken control of this matchup. He has officially won the season series, so I think he's going to go out on top. Looking at Homestead specifically, Truex has the advantage in the last five races here. He's 3-2 and versus Kyle Busch, and in the most recent two races, 2018 and 2017, he's actually 2-0. and So I'm out on Kyle Busch overall. I said I've been fading him. I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going with Cousin Greg. If it's not enough for me to say it, you got to go with the lock of the week. Truex over Busch is what I'm doing here. Now I want to touch on the other two drivers in the championship four, Hamlin versus Harvick. This one is interesting. I mentioned how I, I technically have money on both of these guys, so I'm going to really go all in on one of them here. This is a season series that shocked me. It's 17 and 17 at the moment. Uh, but Harvick owns Hamlin at this racetrack. He's 5 and 0 in the last 5 races here. Harvick is who I'm going to go with in this head-to-head matchup. Obviously, I'm looking at this by itself in a silo, but I like Harvick. I mean, he he clearly has the numbers compared to Har- uh, excuse me, compared to Hamlin at Homestead. So give me the four car over the 11. Another one that I'm going to go with is a little bit off the beaten path. Some guys that, you know, we really haven't talked about rightfully so. I mean, they haven't earned the right to be talked about in this championship episode, but I'm going to go with Clint Boyer versus Ryan Newman. Now Clint won us some money last week. I'm kind of high on him right now. And in this matchup, he's 20 and 14 on the year uh, versus Newman. Now, these numbers, I'm realizing, are not taking into consideration last week's race. Uh, DraftKings stats section, kind of forgetting about it. So, 20 and 14 on the season, excluding last race. Um, But Newman has the advantage 3-2 at Homestead. But I'm going to go with Clint Boyer. He's finishing this season much stronger than, than Ryan Newman. 
And I feel like at Homestead, people kind of romanticize the Ryan Newman 2014 showing where it was the first year that they had this championship setting and format. And Newman got his way into the championship four without winning a race all season long, and he finished second. And I feel like because of that one year, people think, oh, well, Ryan Newman at Homestead. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got to go with him. Screw that. I'm going with Clint Boyer over Newman this week. He's going to continue the dominance that this season series has had. So the 14 over the six car. Then... We're going to get real down and dirty. We're going to go with some guys who stink at this racetrack just to keep the back of the pack interesting for us. And I'm looking at the two guys. We had this matchup earlier in the year at some point. The two guys who are switching rides, Ricky Stenhouse versus Chris Busher. Now, when you look at the stats, racing sites like RacingReference.com, they have the worst drivers at certain tracks. Stenhouse is listed as the 10th worst driver all time at this excuse me of all active drivers at this racetrack busher's not too far behind him but if you look at the season series busher is dominating 21 to 14 you gotta love that stenhouse has the advantage in a, a three race series two to one but stenhouse super bad chris busher less bad their average finishes are right next to each other in the last three races though Busher is 3-0 versus Stenhouse. I think that trend is going to continue. So I'm really thinking of it less about Homestead when it comes to these two because they both stink here. I'm thinking about more momentum this season, where they're both at right now as drivers. I think Chris Busher is kind of surpassing Stenhouse. So I'm going to say he makes it four in a row versus Stenhouse, and he's going to win me this head-to-head matchup, Busher. Over Stenhouse is my last head-to-head winner. So just to reiterate, like I said, Busher over Stenhouse, Boyer over Newman, Harvick over Hamlin, and Truex over Kyle Busch. That'll wrap up the head-to-head section in this championship podcast. All right, we'll finish with a Phil's Fired Up section, and, and we're talking prop bets here, and really just the discrepancy when it comes to a situation like the Super Bowl, which is the end of the football season, compared to the Homestead Miami race, which is the end of the NASCAR season. So the Super Bowl has a million different props, prop bets, and it's not even just the Super Bowl. It's it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the MLB you know World Series. NBA championship, you can get props on pretty much anything. So why not the championship race for NASCAR? I need a million different prop bets as options for me. As I'm getting ready, I'm getting my snacks ready for the race on Sunday. I want to be able to go through the list of things just like I do on Super Bowl Sunday and select the randomness that's out there to bet on. So I wanted to just come up with a a couple different Things that I think would go a long way for the sports books thinking about in the future. A race like Daytona would be a great opportunity to debut things like this because this Daytona is actually what we consider the Super Bowl of the sport. But I digress. This is what I would love to be able to see lines on this weekend. So how about just simple, sim- something simple like number of cautions that are going to be in the race? Pretty simple, right? You know? And it's not hard to make a line on that. You just go back and, and look at 
the history at the track, I would say probably set the line at like eight and a half, right? Over under eight and a half. I would love to be able to bet on something like that. Since we're talking about flags, how about whether or not there will be a red flag in the race? How about that? You know, whether it rains or whether it's a serious accident, yes or no, will there be a red flag? And I think that would be, you know, pretty even, minus 115 on each side of that bet. And I think it's uh, pretty entertaining. And maybe if so, how many minutes will that red flag be going on for? I mean, th- these are the types of detailed bets that you get when it comes to the Super Bowl and things like that. Obviously, you got to do time of the national anthem. You got to do time of the, the prayer. Those are pretty standard things that I think most people are used to. They're, they're used to seeing bets like that on their books in the past. But getting back to things that are on the actual racetrack, Pit Road has a million different things that you can bet on. And one thing that stands out to me is four tire pit stops. Okay. You could set a line for what you think the shortest four tire pit stop is going to be. So let's just say you set the line at maybe 11.9. If you've got a guy that goes out there and has the shortest pit stop of the day is 11.2 and you had the under, good for you. You just hit. I mean, that's, that's something that is degenerate worthy. All right. This is the type of level that we're trying to get to here is, you know, maybe there's a guy dominating the race, but as soon as they all go to pit road, you got the guys who bet on these random prop bets perking up, trying to see, you know, what the times are of these drivers. Now, you would obviously have to get more of a buy in from the broadcast to display those types of things. Shortest four tire pit stop, even two tires as well. Um, what the shortest one is. I don't think you could do longest just because of like wrecks and things like that. I think that gets a little out of hand, but um, shortest seems to be one that definitely could work. Sticking with pit road, you could, you know, go through the list of individual drivers and say whether or not they're going to get a speeding penalty. Um, Baseball has it so that you can go down a, a huge list of players in a game and say, will they hit a home run? Yes or no? Well, you could do the same exact thing for NASCAR and just say, will they get a speeding penalty? Yes or no? It's pretty simplistic, and it makes the the race much more fun. You could talk about same thing, list all the drivers. Will they finish on the lead lap? Yes or no? Obviously, the odds are going to look different depending on who you're looking at, and you might not even have the ability to bet on some people like the, the guys in the championship four, for example. But still, I mean, the guys lower down the list. It makes it more interesting and it's definitely a solid prop bet and then getting back to the the over-unders over under on finishes on the lead lap you know the drivers that finish on the lead lap something that is very trackable the history is there so that means that you know if you're someone who bets on that prop bet at the very end of the race you're the guy praying that the leader hunts down the guy in front of him because you have the under in the over under on how many guys are going to finish on the lead lap. You're trying to see that guy just knock down as many people as he possibly can at the end of the race. That's, that's degeneracy. That's the prop bets that we're talking about. That's Super Bowl level bets. And, you know, in this case, you got to love it. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast still, it's the type of stuff that you definitely would be interested in. So why not? Add it to the list. These are all things that I think would be phenomenal. Hopefully down the road we get to this level. I'm hoping, maybe I'm more optimistic than most, but I'm hoping things like this change for the better for the Daytona 500. We're obviously not going to be able to see it 
at Homestead this weekend, but a year from now, I hope that we're talking about the championship race and all of the different prop bets that are available to us as gamblers to make that championship a little bit more fun. So that's going to do it for another edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. It's the last one of 2019 where we're able to actually cash in, place some bets, and win some money. So make sure you get out there, you get your bets in early, you take a look at who we like, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, but at the end of the day, you're putting the bets in and you're making the race more fun for yourself. And I hope that you have a great and prosperous championship weekend to close out the 2019 season. We'll see you next time. Place to go. Hell, no place to go.